in a world where... Nah, this ain't that kind of podcast. Let's be honest, the world doesn't need another podcast where we ask the same old questions to the same successful people. You're listening to the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. Grab a seat at the table as Nev and his guests dig into the challenges that successful agencies and freelancers have overcome to achieve their success. There's no script, and Nev's insatiable curiosity and ADD can take the conversation anywhere. So let's get real and have some honest talk, lots of laughs, and some helpful insights into what it really takes to create more profit and impact in your business. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Profit and Impact Podcast. My guest today is Robert Jacoby. Now, I met Robert, I was introduced to him, and then I had the pleasure of meeting him at WordCamp Miami, one of the last WordCamps that were actually done in person. Uh, and, and me and Robert were both there. Robert's a really interesting guy, and I'm going to read you a little bit about his background here. All right. So, Robert Jacoby is the director of WordPress at Cloudways, a multi-cloud managed application as a service platform. It lets users choose where they want their website to be hosted from a variety of options, including AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Vulture, and Linode, all the biggies right there. So Robert leads the WordPress unit at Cloudways in community engagement, strategic partnerships, and product. Uh, as prior to joining Cloudways, Robert served as the president of the open source project Joomla. At the time, it was running 3.5% of the internet. And he was also the executive vice president of Perfect Dashboard, where he partnered with major web hosting providers to offer websites, automated security, and performance updates. So, hey, Robert, that is a mouthful. You've had a thrilling career, it looks like. And, and, but it looks kind of varied. Could you, could you tell us how you got from president to senior executive at Cloudways? And really, that's just the last five years. So there's a whole <laughs> lifetime before that. Uh, I, I, I've loved open source. I've been involved with open source as part of an agency there, owned for uh, almost 20 years, and just kept, just kept doing the open source thing, whether it you know, was smart or you know, financially uh, responsible or, or whatnot. Uh, it was just, I was just very passionate about it. So, uh, I, you know, there's a whole world of highs and lows throughout all of that process. But it was sort of that passion about what can we do on the web? What can we, you know, what can I do on the web? What uh, can I do with open source? Eventually, uh, leading up to that leadership position. And in a lot of ways, spending all that time, which, you know, at points in my life, I was like, boy, am I burning the candle at both ends? You know, I'm, I'm trying to run an agency. I'm, you know, doing all this open source work. Uh, you know, where's the money going to come from? Uh, yeah, it was, it was stressful and crazy. But that, that moment finally getting there actually seemed to open up a, a lot of doors. And, you know, it, it wound up paying all that, you know, effort uh, forward. So, Having decided, long, long story short, having decided to uh, sell off parts of the agency, I was able to get into a startup role, and that was Perfect Dashboard, uh, which was acquired by WP Engine. Uh, gave myself a little more, 
a lot more runway to do other things and think about, you know, what are those next steps in life. And kind of took it slow and tried a lot of things. I, I, I've always, <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur, so I have, I'm probably significantly less risk adverse than a lot of people. Uh, my wife probably has lost a lot more hair than I have because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, you, know, like, uh, you know, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time creating uh, equity in multiple communities. Um, you know, spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears working and running businesses and kind of try to give myself, you know, a, a mental break for a little bit and figure out what those next, what that next step was going to be and did some of the things I enjoyed doing. So uh, business consulting with companies that wanted to get into the open source community, other members in the open source communities that wanted to have, you know, better, you know, strategy and partnerships with you know, other companies and just kind of leverage some of the stuff I was doing by accident and maybe not really yeah. thinking about and, uh, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like uh, I started putting process around stuff that I've been doing for like over 20 years. And I was like, oh yeah, that if I just do yeah. X and Y and Z, you know, I actually don't have to lose money doing that. I can actually make money doing that because now I've, you know, it's, it's taken all that experience. You know, every day you're, on the job at whatever job, you're packing away a whole bunch of information that is insanely valuable. And it's kind of just, I started taking a look at what all that information was. And I was like, oh, I know, I know a lot of people. I, you know, I, I've gone to a lot of events. And, <laughs> and you know, at the time I was like, oh man, do I have to spend another 500 bucks to travel to somewhere for, you know, one day? And, and all that actually wound up being very valuable in ways that, Frankly, I think most people don't think about it. it's like really how how big is your network? How you know how how can you leverage all that? And uh, within about a year and a half, two years of that, um, you know, a blog, you know, a blog and a newsletter, and just some more speaking engagements going on, uh, got the chance, the opportunity to uh, really do some interesting WordPress uh, product development and strategy at Cloudways and. You know, we went back and forth for a little bit because I, you know, I'd certainly some crazy ideas of how I see the, how I see hosting and WordPress and hosting and the uh, ecosystem playing off one uh, against each other. And yeah, we were on the same page and that, that was, that was really exciting. So I often feel that, that I get to run my own startup within a much, much bigger, more successful startup without all the stress and, uh, terror and headaches that I've experienced for 20 years. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful thing? <laughs> so um, I love this story. And there, there's a couple things about this I, I want to point out and I, I want to highlight for, for the listeners here. One, like if you've noticed, and you can go back and listen to this, if you, uh, go back and listen to what Robert said after I point these things out. And at no point did he say anything about, I want to become insanely rich. I want to make a ton of money. I, and I know Robert's like, I, I, I see him right now. And he's like, you can't see him, but I can see him. And he's like, he's like, but I do want to be the rich. But yeah, but like, it's no point that he say that, you know, it was, it was about, you know, when you ask an honest question, you get an honest answer. It was about the passion for the, uh, for the open source community and the, and the desire to create impact from there. Now, you know, I think far too often 
we confuse like the desire to have an impact, the desire to create change, the desire, the desire to do good things has to be mutually exclusive from making a profit. Okay? And I believe passionately, profit and impact for crying out loud, profit and impact, <laughs> that <laughs> profit is what allows you to make that impact. And now, and you're like, but Nev, you just said he was all about good at heart, good at heart. But here is, here is the other key. Now, I said you can go back and listen to this. I'm not making this up. Like, he talked about the fact that, you know, to dabble and to do all sorts of things when he decided to move away from Joomla, he had the runway. Now, what runway is, is it's money to burn. <laughs> it's money that you hopefully aren't burning. <laughs> That's not a good thing. But if you have to burn it to get to the next stage, you know, to get to where you want to go, to create the impact you want to create, you can. And so that's, that, that's what I think is so special and why I wanted to bring Robert on to talk about his story here, about somebody who is committed to the open source community and his whole life dedicated to making an impact with it. But then that allowed him in the next stage to do what he wanted to do and what led to, like, what I said, a dream opportunity to, you know, grow a startup without, a, without any of the startup personal risk. I mean, am I summing this up pretty good, Robert? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I am blushing a bit. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's true. And there, there's, a, there's just sort of a, a flywheel effect. So, you know, you mentioned that profit helps you make an impact, but, you know, Impacting from the start helps you create that profit, helps you keep that, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, I didn't even think about the fact that I didn't mention money in any of that equation. <laughs> I, uh, I started my agency as a, as a side gig with, you know, tw wow, 20 plus years ago. That it started in, 20, uh, in 2000. Um, and that's because the place where I was at, I, it, it, I was like, you know, it's not what I want to do, but I, I do want to start an agency. Not thinking that I would be making billions of dollars in any way. I, I was just like, I was felt compelled to be like, you know, I know what I want to happen out of this, and we'll see if it happens. But it was a complete side gig, and even crazily, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess today everyone expects that someone's doing a side gig, but uh, at the time, um, I grabbed the lead developer at the company I was at, and both he and I walked into our uh founders offices and we said you know we like working here but we see more opportunity that aligns with our interests if we start an agency mm -hmm. we're just giving you a heads up no one's quitting we'll give you at least you know this is like six months notice and is that okay we're, it's not going to impact our day-to-day -day. and they said yeah go for it so uh that was very inspirational to me like Wow, you know these guys get it. Okay, mm -hmm. so so in those six months, we probably worked, you know, even harder to make sure that we didn't like let them down, yes. knowing that we're going to be leaving, you know, you know, within the span of six months. And I ran around like a lunatic. So I'm, you know, I'm based out of Chicago, and at that time, I worked from like you know seven till five at the real gig every day mm -hmm. and then it was right away from like five till nine going to every single networking event tuesday wednesday and thursday and it was just beating the street just like talking to everyone like you know what are you interested in? how do you do this stuff you know what are, you know what are your 
problems? You know, what kind of solutions are you looking for? Did that, for, you know, solidly for five months until fi finally someone said, yeah, you, you're the kind of folks we need to work with us. Our first client was McDonald's doing a really hyper-technical thing. Wow. But, you know, <laughs> but if we didn't, weren't able to do that side, you know, if we weren't able to have our day job, we would have never even gotten that far to, you know, uh, beat the pavement for five months because we were starved to death. Yeah. And, uh, and I've lost my train of thought, but it's just, uh, <laughs> it, 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 I do that all you the know, time. And it was just, we wanted to be uh, an agency that did XYZ. And we're like, we're just going to keep telling people until someone hears us and says, that's exactly what we need. Um, it is damn hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't do this work as like thinking that you were just, you wanted to make an impact. So you're going to make an impact for McDonald's. You did this work, you know thinking that, you know, the more like, you know, I can make an impact for McDonald's and then like I could go and help somebody else out that might need the kind of stuff we could do, but maybe can't afford like everything we could do so that then you're able to take care of it. Then you're like, okay, well now like I've helped, I've, I've networked with all these things that I've met some, some worthy causes and maybe you want it to be more charitable and maybe then you're able to hire more people who are then able to build your community. And, I, and, and and that's what I'm talking about. Like impact doesn't mean being a charity. It means being able to be charitable. So that. Uh, I, I, I hear you. I mean, it was, we were a Java shop. We, we start out as a Java shop. I've kind of buried that, but that was, you know, relatively open source and it's still relatively open source depending on your legal view of it. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so we, we just like that a whole, we were, you know, my partner at that time, uh, at the time, and I, we were tech geeks, and we just thought it was cool, and we just thought we could do things in better, more interesting ways. So we were first and foremost motivated by the technology and the stuff we could build. Um, so that <laughs> that's, and, we, and you know, and our employer twenty plus years ago, um, you know, they were focused in one direction. We just thought we we could do other things and more interesting, but uh, you, you know. It, it doesn't, it, 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 nothing magically happens. You got to do it for forever. I remember for a long time, people would say, oh, I, I you know, I want to start a company. Uh, what, what advice do you have? I, I would say, don't. <laughs> and, I, and I would wait for their reaction because, you know, if they said, okay, well, then I, I probably saved their life because if they're so easily dissuaded by me saying don't, then you, you're going to hear a lot more no's in your life that you'll ever hear yeses. So if you're already dissuaded by a stranger that says, don't start a startup, then you really shouldn't. You're not, you're not, you, you gotta just kind of, you know, put your head through a wall sometimes, you know, for better, for worse. <laughs> and there will be worses. So it's, it's, uh, getting involved with that. Uh, we had some great opportunities with some, I mean, you brought up the charities, not for profits. Yeah, we you know we had the luxury for a number of years to you know be able to support some organizations that, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, uh, there's <laughs> yeah, some feel good say, stuff in there. I would say there's the, you know if you're a charity, your goal as a charity is to be a fundraiser. If you're if you're somebody who is charitable, your goal is to be a philanthropist. Now I don't know about you. But I'd rather be giving the money 
to help out causes I care about than begging people for the money to help causes <laughs> I care about. You know, it's a whole, I, it's, a, it's a different mentality. I, I do both. I do both. I, I sit on the board of directors for uh, Big Orange Heart, which is a, a mental health charity mm-hmm. for uh, remote workers. So that, that just came on this year. But, you know, that's that's a luxury I get to do that yes. because, you know, it, it's spending the last 20 plus years, you know, in the industry to, you know, build up the resource to be able to have that time to do additional things. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's just like if you had to work uh, back to McDonald's, <laughs> full circle but if you had to work a side hustle at mcdonald's to be able to make your bills and everything like that you won't have the time to donate to big orange heart and charities run by people you know and then if you want to be um like when i was at the mayo clinic i mean that when they when they hit their funding goals uh, like they'll have a capital campaign and they'll yep. go uh millions and millions of dollars over in less than half the time they plan to run run the campaign because, you know, they run such an organization that um, takes care of people and produces results for people that then the people, you know, are opening up their wallets or they're getting other people to open up their wallets, you know, for them. So it's just, you know, it's that cycle that I think, you know, profit and impact go together like peanut butter and chocolate. And so, yep. and that's how I feel about that. So, but how do you like, so you've run businesses and you've grown businesses and everything like that, several businesses, you know, um, what, do you have any tips to being, to running a profitable business? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Running a a, a, discipline. And if you don't have the discipline, recognize it quickly and hire the people who have that discipline because there are things that you just need to stay on top of. Uh, I am not someone who's going to be sitting there looking over the books day in and day out. Right. I, I, it's, it's, that kind of monotony drives me crazy. I can't focus on it. Um, and it takes me 10 times as long to do anything that someone who actually does it well can do. So recognizing that is critical. And, and, and especially when we're talking about profit, you, you need, if you're not that person, you need to have someone who, who watches every penny and end of the day uh, if you're not watching it, you, your money's going to disappear and you'll have no idea. So you have to have someone you can trust uh, that's taking care of that for you. I couldn't agree with that more. And people are always shocked when I say this, like I am like my goal with profit and impact and, and with my course on uh, understanding numbers and, and which was part of it. I'm not trying to teach you how to be an account. I'm not trying to teach you how to be that person that watches every penny because you shouldn't be that person (laughs) you're way too valuable to be that person i want to teach you the basic understanding so that you know how to hire a person and you know what they're doing and and that you could trust them then you know the questions to go to them and ask because most of the time they're introverted people and they're not going to be proactive with their advice you need to be proactive with your questions and then let them handle it i have an accountant i am not an accountant I, but I know what questions to ask my accountant and I talk to him at least once a month. So I'm like, yo, I have this tax idea, you know? And he's like, stupid idea. Or he's like, yeah, yeah. let's see how we could do something. Yes, you can. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, the I, I, <laughs> I came out of university with a finance degree, uh, loved finance, hated accounting. So yep. I was like, got it. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, 
so yeah, it's it's important. You you hit the nail on the head. You, you need to know kind of what you don't know and how to ask the questions. And if you're not feeling comfortable with the answers, just keep asking them. Dumb it down. Mm -hmm. Dumb it down. Dumb it down. Okay, so if I have four pennies and you take away five pennies, mm -hmm. that means I have minus one pennies. That's bad, oh. right? <laughs> yes, that's bad. And, and you, should, you know, one of the things I learned long, long time ago is uh, sh shame does not help you. There, there is no shame in asking the yes. dumbest, dumbest questions. They're not the dumbest questions. You know, again, you know, worst case, if if they can't answer it, then you know you can't deal with, you know, with that person. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I think to be, you know, uh, successful in running a business, being an entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's at, at times a, a mindless focus on, you know, or not mindless, um, uh, just a crazy focus on some stuff, but then really accepting the fact that you don't know anything else. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, many entrepreneurs, and I certainly did this, and I certainly did this at the beginning of my career, um, and it bit me in the rear end a number of times, is thinking that, okay, I know what's going on. I'm running the business. I, I know everything. No, you don't know everything. Trust me, there are, there are people who have spent their <laughs> education and lives learning things more than you have, and, and that's a hard pill to uh, swallow sometimes. Yeah, I think and you want to learn the hard way because that can hurt a lot more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you said, you know, learning the hard way that, you know, that product that you're pouring your blood, sweat and tears in is not profitable because you don't, you don't, you, you don't understand that or you, you, you don't know how to, you know, ask the right questions or you don't know how to get to the bottom of whether a product's profitable or not. It will bite you in the ass in the long run. So um, and then when we're talking about like understanding, it's like, you know, if you're a finance background, you know, this. This shit, like, it's written in a way that is, like, where do they come up with these terms? You know, it's just, like, they're crazy. It's just has this shit evolved at all in the last 100 years. Nothing's called what it was called 100 years ago, except stuff in finance. It's almost designed to confuse people. It drives me nuts. <laughs> so, but almost every, you know, mature industry does this. Everyone's got jargon. And, it, and it's, jargon is great if you're in that industry because it speeds along a conversation. But if you're talking to an outsider, it's, it's meaningless. I, so I yell at people, you know, whether that was at, you know, my agency or a Cloudways. Anytime someone uses an acronym, I'm like, no, take it out. Take it out. You and yes. I understand what that acronym means. Our audience has no idea what that means. You know, if, if, if you're talking about, uh, now, of course, I'm going blank on an example. But... <laughs> Doesn't that always happen that way? <laughs> I'll forget oh, my mother's name when somebody like asks me. DDoS. You know, DDoS, you know, oh, DDoS, you know, with, yes. with, with proper infrastructure and performance and, you know, uh, firewalls and mitigation, we can you know, eliminate DDoS issues. Who the fuck knows what DDoS? Pardon my French. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. You know, geeks know what DDoS is. System administrators know what mm -hmm. DDoS is. Your average user, even if you say DDoS is a distributed denial of service, Okay, those are the big words that have expanded upon that acronym. What does that really mean? Oh, too much traffic is hitting your website at once, and you don't have the right, you know, uh, traffic control people to uh, make sure things go back and forth. It, it, you know, that jargon sounds really kind of like 
Oh, that's so stupid. How do you say that? I mean, that's like a two-year-old and talk. Well, it's not. It's most people aren't in, you know, the tech industry or the hosting industry or the website. They're doing other things. <laughs> so, you know, my wife, is, you know, she does a bunch of other things. Saying any of these words is meaningless to her. It's not because she's dumb. It's not because of anything. It, that part doesn't matter. And for most people, we just want our stuff to work. And, you know, that's why software exists and why software becomes easier to use because we just want it to work. That's why hosting companies and infrastructure have become more easy to use. Uh, you, you know, you have gated things like WP Engine, and then you have, you know, uh, more expanded, flexible solutions like Cloudways. I mean, these are, these are why these things exist and, you know, are making more money or getting, you know, private equity, it, all of that. Uh, we recognize the fact that, yeah, we don't all need to be experts. I have no idea how my car works. I love driving it. No idea how it works. And I don't feel the lesser person because I have no idea how it works. I press a button. It goes. That's how, that's how it should be for me. And there are car people who would you know, light me on fire because of it. But that's okay. I'm not a car person. I'm a driver. Exactly. Exactly. Your wife like, doesn't feel bad about herself because she doesn't understand what D2S is. She says, Robert, stop talking to me like that. You know, you don't feel bad about not understanding how your car works. But for some reason, like, you'll, you'll ask me, your wife will say, speak English. You know, you go to a mechanic yep. and he says, it's your transistor valve. Da, 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 da. You'll, you'll be like, yo, I don't, no, no, no. Sp speak, to, speak to me in terms I can understand. But, you, but most people will go to their accountant who will, well, well, we need to practice accrual-based accounting. And they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Because they're feel, they'll feel inferior and they feel stupid because they don't know what that term means. It's the only industry that happens in. Everybody else are like, hey, speak to me like I'm a person. You know? But when it comes to money, they just have this fear that everybody else understands it, understands it and they don't. And they don't, want to, they don't want to be the stupid one. And that is a problem. No, I mean, it's your money on the line. Mm -hmm. of, of all things, you should, you should be the most, you know, outside of like your health, this should be like the most inquisitive thing you're, you know, dealing with. Like, oh, accrual? I've never heard that word. What does it mean? Explain it to me. What yeah. are the, you know, what are the pros and cons of it? What are the alternatives? Oh, cash-based? How, oh, I understand what cash means. How is that different? You know, I just oh, yeah. remember... Back in finance, accrual counting was always referred to as cruel counting. And it's just, I mean, that kind of stuff, it just drives me nuts. And this is, this, is, this, this is what I try to teach people. If you're ever talking to a accountant and you don't understand what they say, you look them directly in the eye and you say, I don't understand account needs, put it in English. Yep. You know, and then... And if they, and no matter what kind of look they have on your face, uh, on their face, you, you sit there and say, you know, because, or play a game with them and start rattling off a bunch of jargon for your industry and say, how do you like it? <laughs> so. And, and, and if they can't answer it, find someone who can, yeah. you want to be, cause you're going to be trusting this person with, you know, your money, your, you know, private information. And, it, you know, if you, if you don't feel that connection and they're not giving you confidence in what they're doing i think they can be very smart people but you need to you need to feel good about the answers you're getting back yeah 100%. so you need to you know again circling around you need to know the right questions you need to know some of this you know verbiage and what it means or at least or at least even know what the words are 
You may not know what the definitions of them, but these are words that are important. And how, do, how are they going to impact when you start hearing them? So I, m moving to a slightly different subject here in the same range, like processes. Like we, we, we build processes in our business to help us control our costs. Pretty much, would, would you agree with that? Or with all your businesses, you've pretty much built processes. One of the main reasons are to help you control your costs and limit the cost of doing X, Y, and Z. Yep. Uh, risk mitigation. I mean, yeah. controlling costs is the number one way of you know mitigating risk. I think that's why when people price and people are, what, what's your pricing strategy? What, 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 how should I price uh, my product? And it's like, well, where are you at in your um, business? And I, and I say to them um, that they, you know, they, they need to be able to control their costs first. You know, when you control your costs, then we're, how we're, you're locking in your profit, depending where you want to price. So without controlling your costs, no matter how much you price, you might make money, you might lose money. So it's one of the things, but like, you know, when you say lock in, you know, people, entrepreneurs, they, 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 they kind of cringe up and they don't like to be locked into anything. So um, it was one of the things that I like about Cloudways, though, is pretty interesting, is you have um, five different cloud providers, if, if I remember correctly from reading your, your bio. That seems to give the entrepreneur that just likes to tinker with things, like the flexibility to say, you know, without spending a lot of time and completely blowing their profit margin, maybe test out how Google Cloud's doing versus AWS. If, am I... Am I, am I like on the right, I don't know much about Cloudways. Am I on the right page here? So yeah, our, our services at Cloudways support, you know, really the depth and breadth of, you know, the five major cloud providers. Um, and I'll try to go now, I'll go in whatever order I can remember. So that's uh, Amazon, so AWS, Google Cloud, Linode, DigitalOcean, and Vulture. So there's a depth of and breadth of the platforms we support and you know how each one of those provides different kinds of infra infrastructure services. So you can start you know and spin up a, a a cloud service for $10 a month all the way up to you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a month and you know you can move along that uh um not trajectory uh, move along that path, uh, depending on what your needs are. So that that's one of the cool things. And you know, we're, we're not boxing you into just you know our uh, sort of behind the scenes. You don't know what's what it's actually running on. You know, cloud service. We're letting you you know exactly what you're you know you're getting, and you can plan for it. Uh, you know, sort of lock into you know what your cost structure is going to be, and you know, touching. Coming back to just the one thing you said about, you know, do you have to, you can't always control a hundred million percent, all, all, you know, costs. I'm not talking about a cloud waste, but just in general, uh, I think it's important at least to understand where your costs are coming from. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes there'll be fluctuation in things depending on what kind of services you use. What's nice about what Cloudways is, you know, you're getting that, you know, bandwidth and service support and all that. And it's, and that's pretty much fixed. Um, as to what you need, so and it's easy to scale, you know, back and forth across different providers. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I, yeah, when when I was reading, I was like, that's. I was like, this is kind of unique for us entrepreneurs who just like to say, well, maybe this is better. But so um, wrapping up here, though, 
um, my favorite question to ask at the end is if you could think back to your, say, your younger self, like your 25-year-old self, when you're just getting started and all this stuff, with all your infinite wisdom, what would you go back and tell yourself now? Woo! Besides uh, uh, mint some uh, Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks. That's, this was the episode of Prino. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, okay. There are a lot of things I would tell myself. I guess that's the beauty of experience. Um, uh, it, find experts faster. Uh, I think that 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 would have been that probably would have you know cut five years of grief off my life by by really looking for experts in uh, areas that I needed faster than thinking that I had some kind of magical power to do everything. All right. Um, I, I, I think that is, I think we, one, one of the things that benefited me from running my agency was I wasn't a uh, designer uh, to begin. I was a marketer and an entrepreneur. And so I couldn't get in and tinker with stuff, but I saw all my friends, like or a lot of my friends suffering because they would go in and be like, oh, I could just fix that. I could fix this. And they were doing $10 an hour work and passing up. $200 an hour work because they just weren't bringing in the people to do the stuff faster. So I think that is excellent advice. Um, all right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Profit and Impact Broadcast. Thanks for joining us. I had fun on this interview. I thought, I hope you uh, learned a thing or two and um, say goodbye, Robert. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nev. It was uh, really my great pleasure to uh, chat with you. Oh, well, thank you, sir. That was the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. For a full recap of this show, or for more info on making more profit and impact with your agency or freelance business, visit nevharris.com. If you liked this episode, show us some love. Give us a rating and comment over on iTunes and help Nev get the message out to more agency owners and freelancers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.